Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. It's D. You hear my voice a lot these days, huh? Lucky you. Anyways, welcome to another <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to another episode of Just the Headers. Uh, it's a show uh, brought to you by the Bitcoin Podcast Network, where we bring you the headlines from the prior week. There's a lot of headlines now. I remember. Hold on, I'm gonna let me do a flashback. I remember. Back in the day in crypto, there were no headlines. It was just uh, forums and people speaking to each other online. Was that a good old person voice? I Yeah, I mean, it was all right. I tell you what. Pepperidge Farm remembers, and so do I. What's um, the, uh, the guy from um, uh, Family Guy, who is the next-door neighbor, who always... Like, he's the, he's the pedophile, the old... Oh, the pedophile that it's yeah. on Chris all the time. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, I don't that's know his name, like, but he's that's got what that. You can sound like if you add a little bit of a tweak. Yeah, whistled on the yeah. end. Of... Do it. Try it. Uh, hi there, Chris. <laughs> there uh, you go. Today, this show is called Just the Headers, where we discuss the headlines of of the pro- of the previous week in in cryptocurrency. Yep, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10? Nice. Okay, okay, fine. Realistically, maybe like an 8 or 9 out of 10, but that was okay, pretty good. I'll take 8. I was going to give myself a 7 because I didn't hit the influx in cryptocurrency until the end of the... <laughs> um, okay, that sorry. We, we're already... The show's already over before it began. So <laughs> let me give you a serious definition for those of you tuning in for the first time uh, and hopefully many more times. Uh, Jesse, say hello, Jesse. Hey, everybody. Jesse the Broke. Badass <laughs> nickname. Why are you laughing at that? Because I, I, I thought it was just like Jesse Broke, but you're like Jesse the Broke. <laughs> I did kind of throw in the this time. If there yeah. are any other Jesse Brokes out there, this is the Broke, okay? <laughs> the one and only that you need to know about. Um, and we bring you news headlines stemming from last weekend. So if you're hearing this, which is on a Friday, last weekend, so Saturday and Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Any news that happened today, this Friday, we don't know. It's zero confirmation news. We don't know what it is. You're going to have to go look it up on your own. I'm not saying it's fake news. I'm just saying it's news that we are not telling you about. So... How was your week, Jesse? Um, I mean, it was all right. I mean, cool. there's a lot of things going on, but I actually found um cauliflower rice in a bag. Cauliflower rice? Yeah, 
Well, I don't know why they call it cauliflower rice. It almost makes it sound like you think I'm a dumb consumer, but it's just chopped up cauliflower, chopped so finely. Mm-hmm. Like I'm guessing it's like two millimeter cubes. Then then they call it like cauliflower rice, and it's like uh, it's supposed to be easy on the carbs, but it bursts with flavor. Is that like uh, one of those um, Ben's? What is it? Ben, Ben, the Bryce brand that's Ben Uncle something. Uncle Ben? Uncle Ben, that's right. Oh, no. Not good no. old Uncle Ben. Who makes um, the who makes the cauliflower rice? Um, I think they're called Feels Good, like with a Z. Oh, okay. Um, it feels good. Have you heard that song before? No. Oh, I but I'm interested in the, the I'm interested, yeah, you should. Uh, I'm interested in the, uh, the texture. Is it like more like couscous than rice? Because it's um, so small it sounds... It's like very explodey couscous, like because cauliflower has, I think it holds a lot of moisture. Yeah, it does. So it's like, so it just like explodes in your mouth. So basically, you know, whatever you're sauteing it with, it like explodes that flavor. It's delicious. Interesting. I'll try that. And so what I've been doing is taking uh, ground turkey and then making that and then throwing in the cauliflower rice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Put a little teaspoon of soy sauce in there. Right? Mm-hmm. Then I put a little teaspoon of rice vinegar in there. It pops. It's delicious. Interesting. Um, yeah. But anyways. Um, Sounds like adobo when you add the vinegar and the soy sauce together. Those are like the uh, the basic elements of making chicken adobo, a Filipino yeah. dish. I did not know that. You'll have to Pe- break us off. Peppercorn, soy sauce, uh, vinegar and garlic nice well i bet you listeners didn't think you were going to be getting recipes (laughs) like recipes for your tasty uh taste buds out there but you did (laughs) but anyways let's uh let's just jump right into it the first article of the week in the mainstream crypto media bitcoin.com it's a roger ver special August 16, 2018. This is written by Avi Mitsurahi. Uh, 6,977 views. Uh, U.S. government to aggressively pursue. That's in quotations. So I don't know if they're going to aggressively pursue or not. But according to this headline, unregulated services around the world. World, world, world. So if you're doing dirt out there, they're going to find you. I don't know what they're going to do, but if you're unregulated, they're going to find you. So here we go. In bold letters. Two common complaints among crypto traders are that platforms which didn't before and now demand, which didn't before are now demanding identification documents and that more venues close their doors to residents of some countries. While users naturally lash out at the companies, it is important to remember that this is often done under coercion or threat by regulators. The U.S. government, for example, doesn't consider itself bound by national borders in pursuing unregulated services. Whoa. So I the U.S., I guess we just come get people? Don't matter where you live? Or Batman. Jeez. I was watching Batman Begins again. And, you mean uh, Dark Robert? Knight? Oh, yeah, that's right. When Is they, it? No, 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 Dark Knight? When he goes to China and gets that guy? Yeah, wasn't that? That's the Dark Knight, man. Oh, damn. Okay. Batman Begins okay. is where he becomes Batman. Oh, that's right. That's uh, 
uh, who's the actor that plays um, the 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 mentor? Uh, Liam Neeson's. Liam Neeson. That's right. Yep. Okay. Are you saying Leeson? Neeson? No, no. Liam Neeson. Neeson's. No, no, no. Just Neeson. There's no S on the end of Neeson. No, no, no. It's just Liam Neeson. Oh wow. This whole my whole life, I thought it was Liam Neeson's. I watched Dark Man. I thought it was Liam Neeson's. <laughs> but yeah, He's... so it sounds like it sounds like uh, the U.S. doesn't care about. Man, uh, we're the world police. Anyways, we, we are the long arm of the law. Kenneth A. Blanco, director of the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, a bureau in the U.S. Treasury's Office of Terrorism and Financial Intelligence, has spoken about his agency's approach to cryptocurrency on thursday so that was last thursday the main takeaway from his speech to the industry is that the u.s government will act against anyone it thinks somehow operates within its domain regardless of jurisdiction so essentially the u.s is putting its, its, its dong on the table and it's saying hey here's the size of our dong and this is we want you all to see it that's what blanco it like. is uh, batman yeah keep blanco is batman uh, the U.S. does this a lot, man. We flex. I don't know what kind of legal precedent it sets, but we flex. So apparently, uh, let, let's go on just a little bit. The director explained that all services involved with money transmitting must comply with some level of AML, KYC, that is anti-money laundering, uh, know your customer standards, and that regulations cover both transactions where the parties are exchanging fiat and crypto. So this is basically a fiat to crypto exchange, right? Anytime you're doing that, you need to understand that governments uh, are, are they're paying attention now and you need to be playing by the rules. So understand the rules and, and don't break them. Oh, they're going to find you. They're going to find your ass. So ICOs and mixers are in the crosshairs um, because... Let's just be frank. ICOs, money can come from anywhere. And mixers, money can come from anywhere. So that's what they're looking first. Um, uh, so let's read. While, well, during most of his speech, the FinCEN director referred to all crypto businesses engaged in money transmission. He also zeroed in on a few specific segments regarding mixers. He noted that businesses providing anonymizing services commonly called mixers or tumblers would seek to conceal the source of the transmission of virtual currency are money transmitters and therefore have regulatory obligations. Um, so shapeshift maybe? Yeah. Uh, they're going to come for you, Mr. Voorhees. They're going to find you, but you hang out on big boats, so it's not hard to find you. So... Um, the director also singled out projects conducting initial coin offerings. While ICO arrangements vary, and depending on their structure may subject to different authorities, one fact remains absolute. FinCEN and our partners at the SEC and the CFTC expect businesses involved in ICOs to meet all their AML CFT obligations. We remain committed to taking appropriate action. So, What does CFT mean? Uh, that's a great question. Probably like uh, Federal Trade like Commission. Oh, okay. Center for Federal Trade? Center for Federal Trade? I don't know. I honestly Yeah, probably. Don't. You're probably right. It's just a guesstimation. Uh, so it's a shot across the bow, right? They're basically saying, like, hey, we're going to find you. We're going to find yeah. you. So, I don't know. What do you think, Jesse? Is the U.S. government adopting the attitude of Team America World Police good for America. the crypto system? 
Yeah, I've never seen that movie. I've never seen it, the entirety of Team America, World Police. You don't know the lyrics? Uh, I mean, America, fuck yeah, right? Something like Coming that. Coming again to save the motherfucking day. Yeah. yeah. You don't know the rest? Nope. America. You know the rest. You know that part, right? Yeah. Well, you got to say it. When I sing it, you got to. America. Now I'll just listen to you. <laughs> fuck yeah. Freedom is the only way, yeah. <laughs> I think that came out when I was like maybe nine or ten. Terrorists, that... your game is through. Now you have to answer to America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So look my at no, I'm gonna I'm not gonna sing that part. <laughs> but that is part of the song. Interesting. Oh uh, yeah. I'm Matt Damon. That's part of the movie. And I could <laughs> never look at Matt Damon seriously after I saw that movie. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Alright, let's go on to the next article. article. <laughs> you want this one? Uh are you, right. you only? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. All right, so the next article is entitled "An In-Depth Look at the Cryptocurrencies, uh, a Cryptocurrency Economy's Stablecoin Trend," written by Ooh. Jamie Redman, with 3,791 views. Back in the early days, cryptocurrency enthusiasts used to laugh at the thought of a stable cryptocurrency pegged to a specific fiat currency like the U.S. dollar. Although nowadays things have changed and the digital currency Tether captures more cryptocurrency trade volume than most of the leading nation-issued, nation-state-issued fiat currencies like the U.S. dollar and the Japanese yen. Moreover, the past year or so, more, quote, stable coins have been entering the crypto economy, and some individuals think stable coins are necessary elements for the future of this technology. Um, I'm going to raise my hand and say I agree. Um, I'll, I agree because there's a stable coin out there that I've recently been exposed to named TrueUSD. And if you look at its price from March to now, it's only varied from 99 cents to a dollar and three cents, right? So, no, 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 more 89 cents to a dollar and 15 cents from March to now for TrueUSD. For, yeah, from March until now. Oh, is that in the article? That's in the article. Oh, okay. Let me see. It's a little image. So, oh, I see it. So, eighty-nine cents to dollar fifteen is a uh, it's, it's what you'd call not a very big swing, right? <laughs> okay. Well, if that's what you say. So. $1.15. I would say that's a pretty a pretty big swing. You think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. But it I mean it happens all the time with tether and how do how do they fix it? Oh thirty percent. Yeah, that's pretty print, big. Print 30%. more tether. You saw the uh so one of the articles that's gonna uh that we're gonna talk about later in the week has to do with um the escape from the Turkish uh, lira or lira, 
uh, to Bitcoin and how the increase in Bitcoin volume went up as the Lira experienced inflation, pretty significant amounts of inflation. Um, it dropped, I think, 20% in nine days. Mm. So there's a there's an escape to a more stable currency that we might be seeing soon. We might actually be seeing I think you read the wrong one. It's stable between 99 cents and a dollar and one cent. True USD. Uh, True USD, uh, the image down below shows 89.61 March or April. Oh, the image. I was reading. Okay. Yeah. And then it has a high at a dollar 15 somewhere April, maybe April 30 or April 20 something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yep. I apologize, audience. Jesse is correct. Um, Twenty-four hour volume of ten million. I eventually see a future where there's an index of all the stable coins, and that's what you put. You put the index in your portfolio to keep a root, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I see. So, to get yourself exposure to the stable coins, you buy an index which is comprised of all of them right and depending on what they are um pegged to um that's that's how you basically purport decide the 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 portions or the components of that what if the value of the dollar falls off that index yeah if the value of the dollar falls off well world war three baby bring it on baby (laughs) america Um, it's weird that I joke about that, but if it ever becomes a reality, I would have to not joke about that and take it seriously. Like, sorry, fellow human, humans be human and gonna have to shoot at you. Sorry, I should, I should definitely should not make jokes about massive war. That's bad. That's a bad thing to do. I'm not going to do it anymore. So, uh, what do you think about stable coins, Jesse? I think that they are here to stay i think that unless fincen uh does something to remove them forcefully i think that they're gonna become like you're saying maybe a possible foundation of stability within the within the space they'll probably they'll, they'll hello we lost Jesse. Uh oh. Oh no. Uh, Jesse is gone. <laughs> I don't know where he went. I'm gonna try to find out. Uh, Jesse, where'd you go? Jesse, where'd you go? Jesse, where did you go? <laughs> the irony about Jesse broke is his internet just broke. Eh, eh. That was lame. Well, I hope you guys are having a good drive on your way to or from work. Maybe stop at a Circle K. Get yourself a nice 
frosty beverage. Or if you're in the new north, you could stop at a 7-Eleven, baby. Those are pretty much everywhere, but in the north, they're cool. Uh, if, you, uh, if you're in Texas, stop at a Valero. Get yourself a chimichanga. It's delicious. Nothing like a good gas station chimichanga. Oh, here's an oldie but a goodie. Bag of Jolly Ranchers. Go for it, ma'am. Go for it. Jolly Ranchers deliver. All right, they're as stable as McDonald's. Um, let's see. For those of you that are driving, if you're at the gym building up a sweat, come on, man. Give give me some more. Give me some more sweat. Put the wattage out of that machine. Go move those legs or those arms or both because it's an elliptical. Go to town. The world is your oyster. Crack that shit open. Take out the pearl. Sell it. Or keep it. It's whatever you want to do. Um, for those of you listening to this doing housework, you missed a spot. Go back. Wipe again. All right. Get the Lysol wipes because you're dirty. You dirty ass. Clean your house. Uh, for those of you listening to us um, on the subway, uh, stop picking your nose. Like, be cognizant that people are watching you. That's gross. You shouldn't just pick your nose in public. For those of you that pick your nose in a car and don't think anyone sees you, I look outside of my window to the left when I stop at the stoplight and I see you digging for gold. So if you're listening to this and digging for gold, stop doing that. It's gross. Where's that booker going to go? In your car somewhere. You nasty. Um, for those of you listening to this, like on a radio, in your office, uh, look at your coworker. Look him in the eye. Give him a nice big hug. And then tell him about that one time you stole some of their candy or their food from the refrigerator in the break room. They'll appreciate you for it. Secretly hate you, but appreciate you that you were honest. Um, for those of you that might be stoned, uh, live your best life. You know, live your best life. Oh, I just heard from Jesse. His laptop froze. It's okay. We're gonna keep this going. I'm trying to talk to everybody. For those of you with family, and sometimes your kids listen to our shows. I apologize. We curse a lot. Um, I think Jesse's back. Jesse, are you here? Yep, I am back. My laptop froze for a second and forced me to go through Windows updates. So Nice. Welcome to the Windows Update. We're good update to go now. I held it down. <laughs> Don't worry. I was talking to our audience. <laughs> what were you talking to them about? Oh, just, you know, everyday stuff. You know, everyday living. So... Everyday living, like what yeah. in particular? Um, I was just talking to them, like you know, say you're listening to the show, and you know you're cleaning your house at the same time you listen to the show. Uh, you missed a spot. Go back, clean it up again. With your dirty ass. That's what I said. That's what I said. And then I also talked to the people driving. I told them to stop picking their nose at stops at stoplights because I can see them. And then I always think to myself, "Oh yeah." I always think to myself, "That booger's in your car somewhere. That's nasty." <laughs> and then, 
So anyways, Jesse, welcome back. We're going to continue on with... <laughs> that was so bad. We're gonna <laughs> so, so the last thing you asked me was about about stable coins and what, what future do, you, do I think that there yeah, will man. be for it's them. The and I think that they're here to stay. I think that they're going to form the the possibly the low-risk ETF structure that's necessary to bring in um, more investments into larger more popular crypto like Bitcoin. But mm -hmm. I think there's going to need to be um, yeah, some sort of stability outside of Bitcoin. And I guess people like the idea of uh, Tether and Tether-like uh, instruments. So they're I not going anywhere. Society's gone so long with relative stability that Bitcoin is so shocking that they need it. You know what I mean? Like it's like oh, I can't yeah. handle this volatility is making me throw up on myself. I need some stability, and that's what these tokens offer. At least that's what they're sold as. So. Yep. Moving on. Article number three. Uh, Vietnamese stop importing Bitcoin mining rigs as import ban looms. Looms. This is written by Kevin Helms. 3,300 listens, baby. Um, dang it. Whoa. There's that word again. All right. That's not happening anymore. What, 3,300 views. I said baby again. Uh, oh, Viet that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. That so weird. Right. Vietnamese businesses and individuals have stopped importing Bitcoin mining equipment into the country since the beginning of July, according to the Ho Chi Minh City Customs Department. This follows government's efforts to pass a law banning important import of Bitcoin mining rigs into Vietnam. So here's the thing. Just import the components and build a rig. Don't import rigs. Article over. Let's move on to Monday. <laughs> that's, that's, Damn. <laughs> that's, okay. Stop. Okay, never mind. We're moving on to Monday. All you, man. All right. Monday. Oh, this is about Monday. Uh, McAfee. McAfee's uh, announcement to everybody on Twitter a few weeks ago. Um, talking about what was the uh, the wallet? He basically um, said like if you, if you hack into this wallet, I'll give you money, right? Yeah, he said it was a hundred thousand dollar bounty, and he was saying, yeah, if you can hack the wallet, then I'll give you it. But it's it's unhackable, and it looks <laughs> like some people have proved that wrong. Yep, somebody hacked it and was playing Doom on it. So really, no. Yeah, really. No way. Yes way. No way. Yes way. They were playing Doom no. on his device. That's no, a hack, right? On his is that not considered a hack? That is a super duper hack when you make one device software like Doom more. perform on a limited hardware wallet. Get the video. No way. Doom played on my wallet. Fifteen-year-old hacker plays Doom on John McAfee's unhackable crypto wallet. Holy crap! Yeah, I'm gonna link it to you right now on Slack. Oh my That's god! That's the same fifteen-year-old right. hacker that like hacking things is his like job, right? Damn. And that's what makes me. Nothing makes me feel older than I read an article that says like fifteen-year-old hacks a device, and I'm like. 
Dang, 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah, man. Was it really just him? Look at the video, man. It's just him playing with that device. That's a hack. Like, I love how John McAfee yeah, works too. But He's you like, don't think you don't think like somebody else helped him, and then we're like, "Hey, um, here you go. This is how you do it. Now I want you to do it because I know you're gonna get publicity because you're 15. Like, like that one kid did on Reddit where he said he made this uh, crypto um, trading app in like the span of two weeks, and he was like 12, I think. And then it go, it came out that he actually hired somebody to write everything, and he actually lied. I did not know that. Yeah, that's a uh, unfortunate fucking lying ass kid. Who the who are the kid's parents? That's what I want to know. No, that's kidding. pretty that cool. Got, that got too dark too fast. Um. As of now, That's here's really a quote. Cool. As of now, we have no evidence that our device can be hacked, and if someone succeeds in doing so, then we will immediately put out a fix to all devices to address the vulnerability that is discovered and will be unhackable once again. Okay, so it was hacked, and you pay the kid. Okay? Like, pay him. I love how McAfee works, too. Did they pay he's him? Like, he's, so basically, I don't know if they paid him or not, but they basically, he says, like, hey, Here's a shed, and I bet you can't break into that house. And then you break into the shed, and he was like, it's funny because you didn't break into a house, though. You broke into a shed. So, unbreakable house is still unbreakable. And it's like, what? That doesn't, that doesn't make any damn sense. Doesn't make any sense, McAfee. Anyways, uh, McAfee's doing things. So, speaking of people doing things... You like that segue? Yep, I do like that segue. It's it's become one of a staple how amazing our segues are on the show. Actually, like we literally can take any topic and bleed it right into another topic. It's a uh, it's a level I mean, of talent not a lot of people have, Jesse. So you should put it on your CV. This one's on you, my man. All right, here we go. Uh, Monday's third article. Oh, wait, second article. Oh, no, man. You read this one. I want to read the next one. Okay, all right. Um, Speaking of reading the next one, the U.S. federal court denies motion to remand against Ripple. Um, This is written by Helen Parts. Uh, The U.S. District Court, Northern District of California. It's Arnold. You know, you told me something about Arnold the other day that I was surprised that he wanted to remove his name from the Gold's Gym stuff. Yeah, from Venice. Man. Anyways. The Northern District of California has ruled to deny a motion to remand against Ripple. It's subsidiary XRP 2. There's two XRPs subsidiaries? What? I don't know about that. Dude, Ripple gets more confusing every week. Is it Ripple? Is it not? It's XRP? Is it not? I don't... Uh, Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse, according to an official document. Okay, wait, sorry. I I stopped reading Simpson and started reading it again. Anyways, deny a motion to remand. The original lawsuit was first initiated by XRP investor Ryan Kofi, 
and a San Fran court on May 3rd, 2018, claiming that he lost $551.89 while trading XRP tokens. The class action was filed by a firm, Taylor Copeland, alleging that Ripple sold XRP tokens uh, in violation of both the U.S. Securities Act and the California Cooperations Code. The plaintiff also claimed that XRP is not genuinely decentralized. So um, XRP is still going through securities issues. Um, wow, somebody's suing over losing $551. That's what I was sense. kind of... In this industry, that's like not a lot. Oh, you know who he is? But, no, who is he? He's the head, he's the VP of trading and research for resource capital funds in Denver. Mm. He's okay. a trader. He's a trader. Wow. Yeah. He's a trader from Wall Street. He's hmm. been trading for different groups. A Ripple spokeswoman said that at the moment the lawsuit was filed, the SEC had not yet decided whether XRP is a security. She claimed, we continue to believe XRP should not be classified as a security. I'm sure you do, lady. I'm sure you do. Recently, Ripple released the second quarter 2018 report for its digital asset, arguing that the XRP token price was in line with the overall trend in crypto markets, which underscores XRP's independence from Ripple. Yeah. Wow. I guess there's some ripple heads in the audience. I don't get it. I just don't get it. But I know someone in our Slack tried to say like, hey, you know, like these are all the things Bitcoin is and these are all the things Ripple is. Get it? And then when I started poking holes in it, they just disappeared. So and then I know I've asked the lead dev on the show twice. I've asked Tiffany Hayden on the show twice. I've asked the CEO on the show twice. And nobody wants to come on. And I think I can. I, We're I not big we, enough. We got to be Helen, or not Helen, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, we got to be Ellen DeGeneres to get love from Ripple, I guess. But and we have to be Ellen DeGeneres ignorant. Yeah. Andreas can come on four times, but you know, not Ripple. So, anyways, f those guys. I'm kidding. I, I don't know anything about Ripple. You probably find people. <laughs> it's your turn, man. Article yes, number three right. on Monday. The third article from Monday. Turkish Bitcoin volume soars as traders flee. I got to know how to pronounce this correctly. What how do you... was that, man? We just touted our talents at Segway. Segway. Right, so Lira. Okay, it's Lira. Okay, perfect. So... Turkish volume, Turkish Bitcoin volume soars as traders flee the lira. Written by Kai Sedgwick with 4,704 views. So this has to do with uh, the economics of Turkey and, uh, or I guess the the economy of Turkey um, and their national currency, the lira, um, suffering some uh, inflation problems and actually tanking 20% almost 20% in the past nine days. Trading volume on Turkish cryptocurrency exchanges has soared over the last 24 hours as citizens have sought refuge from the weakened lira. Turkey's national currency has faced a torrid time on a day when President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has accused the U.S. of trying to, quote, stab it in the back. 
trade volume on domestic exchange BTC Turk is up 350% in the last four, 24 hours, with BTC capturing 38% of the action. Turks seek a haven from the crumbling lira. The Turkish lira plunged to record lows against the U.S. dollar today as tensions between the stricken nation and the Western counterparts ramped up. The embattled President Erdogan sees Turkey's financial straits as a U.S.-led plot to cripple the country, as opposed to the consequences of an imprudent economic policy that's led to rising inflation and spiraling debt accrued in foreign currency, exacerbated by borrowing to fund a construction boom. So you can see. Yeah. This is getting global, man. This is getting nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder you know, if the they're the ones thing who are about, supporting Bitcoin right now, actually. The hardest thing about Turkey? What? Keeping it moist. You know, I find a lot of times I cook it, it just gets so dry. Uh, do you wrap it in aluminum foil? I don't. I've never done that. <laughs> My aunt brines her turkeys in a giant pot. That's that, cool. That helps. Um... I feel like maybe there's certain techniques you could implement so that you wouldn't get dry yeah. turkey. I feel like if I just implemented a little Google foo, I could relinquish myself of having to suffer through dry turkey. Or you could go to, uh, what's that Thanksgiving place that everybody goes to in the South? Good, no, thank KFC? ham. KFC? No, 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 no. Good ham, thank ham. Uh, here. What are you Best talking about? Giving place. In the south, there's a Thanksgiving him. place. It's not called your home. It's called best. Okay, hold on, hold on. Best place for a ham. In why would I want a ham? I I like turkey. Honey baked. That's what the company's called. Have you oh, ever had okay. honey baked? I've never had honey baked. I've had honey baked ham before. Like I've made it. And another company called Honey Baked makes a really good honey baked ham and turkey. Honey baked turkey. Oh yeah, it's Ooh, it's delicious. We're not going to back this episode, so we got cauliflower rice recipes, chicken adobo recipes, and now you can make honey baked turkey. I was unaware of this. I need to look into this. You can actually order from Honey Baked, and they can actually deliver it to you in the mail from. From uh, any, I guess, I guess they send it uh, domestically. Feels that feels nasty. No, no, no. But the, it's it's delicious. It's it's really really good. Turkey mail, turkey mail, mail turkey is good. Yeah, yeah. Because they'll free. They'll. I mean, it's like how do you send like meats like bison and like ostrich? Well, they. they oh yeah, that's it. true. We did have uh, butcher boxes, and that meat was good. Yeah. So, so it's not impossible. <laughs> And meet in the mail. Okay. Well, that rounds out Monday. Uh, <laughs> so. so, turkey's going through economic strife. We're wondering about honey baked turkey and if it's delicious or not. Because that. You have to try it. Miracle. All right. Um, let's go on here. Um, this article on Tuesday, written by Avi Misrahi. Uh, 1,840 views. So, speaking of tantalizing places like Turkey, 
The Caribbean Central Bank <laughs> explores issuing its own. What are you laughing? That was good. That was good. I liked it. I'm master of these segues nowadays, man. Straight up master. Um, Caribbean Central Bank explores issuing its own digital. Oh boy, here we go again. A growing number of governments and central banks around the world are looking at the possibility of issuing their own digital coins these days. The latest financial institution to join this trend is the Caribbean Central Bank of Curacao and Saint Martin. Central Bank van Curacao and Saint Martin. Uh, the Central Bank of the Netherlands, Art Antillian Gilder, is set to explore the feasibility of issuing a digital Gilder to facilitate. Gilder is that currency to facilitate oh, okay. financial payments within the Monetary Union of Caracal and Saint Martin. For this purpose, the bank signed a memorandum of understanding (MOU). Uh, what? With Barbados based bit inc a crypto company which is part of the portfolio of overstocks.com's mid dc ventures so like the, there were like five yeah. names listed there it just seems to me like this the same old history adage is playing true that like wealthy people are always find a way to preserve their wealth and they're creating these companies and these entities and like sh shuffling money around so swiftly you know what i mean like remember when we like dug into not dug into that yeah we dug into that article a few weeks back and we found out like a subsidiary owned a subsidiary which owned a subsidiary mm -hmm. and that yeah. was the news we were reading about mm -hmm. same same story yeah same shit different day. it's overstock yeah so nevertheless um Caster society is what they're moving to. So here's going to be the question you need to ask yourself, listeners. Look into your soul right now. Go look in the mirror. If you're in a car, pull over. Pull the mirror down and look at your eyes. If you're in your house, go to the bathroom. Use Windex and wipe down the mirror with your dirty ass and look, in the, and look into your eyes. If you're at the gym, don't take a selfie in the mirror. Just look in it. Look into your eyes. Do you want to use... A cryptocurrency that a government has total control over or do you want to use a cryptocurrency that's decentralized ask yourself that question thank you for the pause Jesse that really helped for the like drama <laughs> of the whole situation thought you were following me there <sighs> so a uh, good luck Caribbean you're gonna have a government-owned digital currency maybe and speaking of governments that aren't very good issuing cryptocurrencies, Venezuela <laughs> use Petro as unit of account for salaries, goods, and services. Oh boy! It's got a picture of uh, Nicolas Maduro, the president of Venezuela, with with an oily hand dripping with a glinting gold coin, which I'm assuming is the newly minted digital petro yeah do you think that like people there are people in venezuela that like love everything this man does they have to right like those kind of people have to exist i so, don't know uh, the people that i talk to from venezuela aren't happy about things yeah but that's just me um 
I haven't talked to any Venezuelan people. Recently. I know a writer that lives in Venezuela, and he's not happy. He's like, yeah, things are really bad here, but I love my country. And mm. so it's like, it's weird, you know? I, I wouldn't know. I'd never been in a position where my country was making decisions that were absolutely pitiful, where I was really debating, like, do I just leave? Like, just pick up and go? Like, my family's here. My everything's here. So, I don't know. Venezuela wants to use the Petro for, for salaries and goods and services. So let's read a little bit. Pres- oh, wait, you already did that part. Here's a, here's a quote. As of next Monday, Venezuela will have a second accounting unit based on the price, the value of the Petro. It will be a second accounting unit of the Republic and will begin operations as a mandatory accounting unit of our PDVSA oil industry. Wow. Wow. The white paper, the very bottom of the article says the white paper says that the Petro can be easily converted into U.S. dollars and other currencies, which will help Venezuela in export trade. Still, there's a possibility that it could be purchased with funds that were received illegally at crypto exchanges or privately and then exchanged to oil that can be, quote, laundered and documented to eventually be sold through above board business practices in various jurisdictions. Ooh-wee. They're just trying to get around uh, economic sanctions. Yeah, Venezuela, Iran, all those countries will be doing this. You know, I'd love to discuss this uh, with Yaya. This is literally what he looks at all day, every day working for. Um, who does he work for? I think he works for the FBI. Stuff like this. Is it the FBI? Mm-hmm. I'll look it up later. Yaya's been on the show. He's a friend of the show. Uh, we should be having him on uh, the, the flagship show. Should be having on soon. So, nevertheless, uh, government's gonna try to skip out on sanctions. I'm in a singy mood tonight, today. Oh, this is an interesting picture. <laughs> uh, you want to take this one? Oh no, wait. No, this, this is, is your turn. Okay. Um, speaking of profiles, high-profile Thai crypto case. Bitcoiner has lost over 5,500 Bitcoin, and that ringleader fled to the U.S. Mm. Five that was 5,000, 5,000 times, what, let's just say 6,000 for shits and giggles, not what the real price is, but round it down. What is that? Three 30 million. million. 30 million? 33 million, but yeah. 33 million. Double digit millions. A high-profile crypto case involving a well-known actor and model has come to the public attention in Thailand following the enforcement of the country's crypto regulations. Over 5,564 BTC were reportedly stolen from a Bitcoin millionaire. The alleged ringleader has fled to the U.S. Thailand's main crypto regulator is cooperating with the police in this case. Uh, So, let's keep looking. The case involves well-known 27-year-old soap actor and model... Mm, I just destroyed that name. I'm sorry, man. I know you're famous. I just can't read that very well. I'm sorry. Or also known as a boom. Wow. Okay. So he's an actor that goes by boom. The actor, his sister, brother, and six others allegedly defrauded 22-year-old Finnish Bitcoin millionaire. Wow. 
This is getting interesting. This is a juicy, this is some juicy shit right here. Ah. They also talked the victims into believing the dragon coins would be used at a casino in Macau, which they took them to visit to add weight to their claim. After receiving the bitcoins from the victims, the gang sold the cryptocurrency and transferred the money into various bank accounts. Hmm. Arresting the gang. This is interesting. This is like movie shit. Boom was arrested last week at a filming location in Bangkok's Chattachak district uh, after police found that he received part of the swindled money. He was later released on bail, the news outlet detailed. His brother and the alleged ringleader, Priyajur Jivijit, have already fled the country. To- <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. I cannot say that. Uh, Priya. Jara Vajit uh, already fled the country to the U.S. via South Korea. The Thai Police's Crime Suppression Division, which is investigating the case, is asking U.S. authorities to help track him down. Boom's sister will be turning herself in on Wednesday, according to the INN News. Dang, so they actually did this shit. Wow. This would be amazing if the courts... I think... This is a moment, Jesse. Yeah. This is just like the mirror moment we just had. The courts and the justice systems of the world are 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 seeking out offenders for the first time, like horrible offenses of burglary or sorry, not burglary, theft. Burglary involves a weapon, right? I'm not sure. Okay, I'm pretty sure burglary involves a weapon. Oh no, it doesn't. I think Robbery involves a weapon, right? Armed robbery. Burglary means you just stole it. So this is a large burglary, and the law is chasing down the suspects and will most likely, uh, maybe this guy will be able to get his money back. If not like the BTC, but at least his USD equivalent, and he can get his money back, hopefully. Yeah, but that's garbage. It says uh, down in the article, it says a total of 51 bank accounts have been frozen and 14 plots of land worth about $5.3 million have been frozen as the investigation into the scheme proceeds. The money needs to be frozen and brought back to the victims. So it's because they couldn't digitally scam him and they had to physically scam him, that's why... They got caught. You're saying if they never transferred it out of crypto, it'd be fine. If they did, if they did like an "I want to cry" scam, I don't know. You better you know, stop like, giving like, criminal advice on a, on a on a show, Jesse. That's dangerous territory. <laughs> this is like Ocean's Ocean's Eleven gone wrong, like an Asian version. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say ocean in, in in Asian language? Oh my god, you said Asian language. Is that oh shit? Is that that's bad? Like saying, it's like saying how do I say rice in African? Okay, I could see that as being very bad. I'm sorry. That is that makes me feel very ignorant now, and I apologize. How do you say o- First ocean? First, she's a country in Filipino. That's not the language. Filipina. Tagalog. Tagalog. 
and I don't know how to say ocean in Tagalog. It's one of those obscure languages. Okay, damn. I'm really striking out here and looking like a horrible human. How do you say yeah. ocean? Did you say yeah? Yeah, yeah. Use your Google foo and see if you can recover while I go on <laughs> to the next article. Speaking of the next article, on Wednesday, in foreshadowing, what Intel's foreshadow flaw means for the future of cryptocurrency. Is it Tongan or Tagogan? Uh, I, I do. I don't know Tagalog, so you're asking me words that I don't even know. I. But they sound you, kind of right. So do you maybe. only speak English now? I speak English and I speak some Spanish. Okay. All right. Yeah. What's ocean in Spanish? <laughs> um. Trying to remember what sea is because I don't know what ocean means. Well, ocean isn't Oceana like ocean in Spanish? Huh? Ocean, ocean and Oceano. Yeah, Oceana. Okay. What is sea? Uh, oh, Mar. Oh, okay, like whatever Taco del Mar or something. Mar. I don't know. Yeah, Taco of the Sea. Oh, I I, I didn't know those two words in Spanish. Oceano. Just wanted you to know that. Um. Oceanos Ose? Once? Once de Oceanos? One of the oceans? Once? Like 11? 11? Oh, 11 of the Yes, okay. Oh, you're saying 11, Oceans 11? I was trying to say Oceans 11 in another language, but instead, now I'm just a racist <laughs> black dude that doesn't understand, that doesn't understand other cultures. So. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, you know, man. you know, I was talking to my parents one day, or my yeah. dad actually, when we were prepping for this uh, Camino de Santiago, or mm. Santiago de Camino, whatever, however you say it. But um, that's definitely Camino de Santiago. I'm just joking. But anyway, um, he was. My dad was telling me, you know, everybody's racist, and and it's it may not be like in a in a uh, in a uh, discriminatory way that's that's negative but there are definite stereotypes that can likely result in an accurate judgment so like you know all asians like to save money you know and gamble that's the stereotype i just heard from it really asian man yes. gamble yeah. I didn't know about that. I just thought they penny pinched all the time. Okay. Um, okay. I didn't mean to do myself camp. so like, vehemently right there. But I just wanted <laughs> to make sure. You're like, I'm not racist. The yeah, game. I have to double down on not being racist now because I'm <laughs> completely idiot. Like, sound like an idiot. What's the Asian language word? Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um,. We're moving on to Wednesday, people. I'm sorry. I'm disappointed in myself. I'm going to have this tone for the rest of the show. All right. What the foreshadow flaw means for the future of cryptocurrency by Alyssa Herdig. 312 retweets and 13 Reddit shares. Yet another dire security... Wait, what? This is not the right article. Oh, yeah, it is. Yet another dire security flaw was unveiled Tuesday with potential ripple effects across the tech world, including cryptocurrency projects seeking to leverage certain hardware devices. 
Following a pair of bugs unveiled earlier this year, the foreshadow vulnerability impacts all Intel's software guard extensions enclaves, a special supposedly ultra or extra secure region of a chip often used for storing sensitive data. In short, while the enclave is supposed to be tamper-proof, a group of researchers found a way to attack a way for an attacker to steal the information it stores. For many, Meltdown and Inspector were spooky enough. The bugs impacted every single Intel chip, the hardware powering most of the world's computers. But since it wasn't so easy to execute, there weren't many real-world attacks. Foreshadow might not sound as bad because it impacts a more specific type of Intel hardware, SGX. However, since many cryptocurrency projects plan to use this technology, Foreshadow could have even worse ramifications for the cryptocurrency world. Perhaps most notably, Signal creator Moxie Marlinspike is in the process of advising a new, allegedly greener co uh, coin called MobileCoin that puts SGX at the center, even raising $30 million to do so. As a result, these projects will have to do some restructuring before launching for real. Interesting. The findings released today absolutely have a broad impact on cryptocurrency projects. Cornell University security researcher Phil Dianen told Coindesk. So here's a quote. It would be surprising if at some point this flavor of attack is not used to steal cryptocurrency. The good and the bad. For one, it appears as though one of the high-profile SGX projects in cryptocurrency are yet being used to secure real money. To my knowledge, there is no SGX system in production or widespread use in space today. The bad news is there are plenty of projects that want to use SGX and maybe even have plans to do so soon. And the ideas are pretty cool. MobileCoin is perhaps the most ambitious since the project's developers want to replace miners, a crucial part of securing any cryptocurrency. With these enclaves to build a more energy efficient cryptocurrency. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, nah. Sweet vindication. Meanwhile, this bug is leaving some developers feeling vindicated because Intel has a backdoor into all SGX devices. It's long been a controversial tech avenue for cryptocurrency projects, with enthusiasts often arguing that using the tech puts too much power of trust in one company's hands. Simply put, in their minds, the foreshadow vulnerability is a good example of why not to put SGX at the cornerstone of a cryptocurrency project. So, yeah. Uh, don't use Intel's shit. I don't know what the moral of this story is, but I do know that um, that sounds pretty devastating, and it's weird to name it foreshadow. Like, this is what's going to happen. We're going to take your stuff. Weird. Interesting. What's next? So, uh, speaking of what's next, <laughs> BitAngel's co-founder sues AT&T for $224 million over cryptocurrency hack. I actually followed this one kind of closely on Tuesday when this mm -hmm. article, when I first saw this article. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sorry, Wednesday when I first saw this. This was two days. This was, hell, this was yesterday. I'm tripping. Um, 
Yeah, so basically a guy claimed to be this this guy who owns a lot of crypto. Obviously, $224 million worth of it. And they walked into like an AT&T store and claimed they were him. No, I'm kidding. That's not the whole story. Um, but they used an identity theft, like a phishing technique, right? So if they have the guy's phone number and some bits, then they can call AT&T and pretend to be him and like change his email address or something. And then they took that and they hacked the stuff so let's let's read a little bit uh, michael turpin is suing to at&t because his mobile phone was compromised by hackers and they stole 24 million usd worth of digital assets why is it 224 million oh they did it to other people 24 million usd and digital assets turpin says he was hacked twice in less than a year and employees at at&t participated in a sim swap fraud Woo. The co-founder of BitAngel says he lost close to $24 million in crypto. And he's blaming... He's smiling really big to have lost $24 million. Like, how much money does this guy have? Is that really a smile, or is he just stretching his lips horizontally across his face? <laughs> I don't know, man. I've never even heard a smile described that way before. But now I'm going to have a tough time smiling myself. <laughs> um, stretching your lips across your face. That's pretty funny. I, I wish if you ever ran into this man, you said that to him. Like, are you really smiling, sir? Or are you just stretching your lips horizontally across your face? <laughs> he would probably try to have you kicked out of wherever he was. It could be in a <laughs> park. And he would be like, kick this man out of the park. I can't. I don't even know why anyone would ask me this. <laughs> um, so a 69-page lawsuit followed by the LA-based law, LA based law firm Greenberg Glusker, uh, details that Turpin believes AT&T employees were involved in a SIM swap fraud, which cost him the loss of a large number of digital assets. Man, if uh, that was me, I'd be like, oh, 69 pages? Uh, you could just take my money. I don't want to read through that. <laughs> 69 pages? Just, ugh. So, so what AT&T did was like, a, so, so here's a quote. What AT&T did was like a hotel giving a thief with a fake ID a room key and a key to the room safe to steal jewelry in the safe from the rightful owner. AT&T says they dispute these allegations and they look forward to presenting their case in court. I feel like AT&T is going to win or if they lose, it'll be like a small settlement. What do you think? Um, I would say settlement. Gotcha. Full, full amount or fractional amount? Fractional, ten percent. Wow, ten percent. Not ten percent, like uh, two point four mil. Yeah, like sorry, like take out. Yeah, ten percent. Yeah, ten percent. You think they would give him ten percent back? That's it. I mean, AT&T, like, do they have, how much control over their employees do they have? Like, how I mean, much negligence is that? Is there a wide, is there a training program for SIM swapping and to That's know? like a, that's like a worker at Bank of America just drains your bank account. Oh, that's different. <laughs> that's different. That's different. That's, that's no, it's AT&T. They, they, they control the information. They, they control they control your SIM card number. They can see that, right? Like, 
yeah, in your yeah, phone. It's being used for two-factor authentic authentication. So even though AT&T doesn't want to be a bank, well, in crypto, if they're communications, they kind of are. Mm. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, that's kind of true. If the SIM is attached to the phone, the phone has crypto in it. Or the phone has access to private keys there. Yeah. Interesting they, times we're know. living in. I, I, this might be an interesting court case to follow, right? Because if AT&T loses, right? Well, everybody's going to sue AT&T if, if everybody's SIM gets uh, copped by AT&T workers and the same thing happens to them. Yeah, AT&T's going to lose money. Yeah. It'd be interesting the ultimate moral of this that. story, though, is probably like don't keep private keys on your phone, right? Yeah. So, and if you do, don't keep a large amount of crypto there, and make sure that that private key, if it's on your phone, uh, is not anywhere else. Like, let your phone keep its own private keys, and don't put a lot of crypto there. Just don't. Mm -hmm. so. Talking about putting a lot of crypto in somewhere. Brian Armstrong, Coinbase signed up 50,000 users per day in 2017. Hot damn. Per day. Times 52. That is 2,600,000. ,000. Says customers traded $150 billion worth of digital currencies in 2017. 2.6 million customers in one year. Huh. How much? Wait, say that again. $150 billion was traded through Coinbase in 2017. Oh my goodness. He's Zuckerberg rich. He's got to be. In crypto, maybe. He's not Zuckerberg rich. I want to eat a steak with Brian Armstrong. I, he will never, he has never come on our show or our network. We need to make that a goal. Brian Armstrong. I just want to pick his brain, man. Like this guy had some foresight and he built something that people can use and people use every day a lot. Mm -hmm. So, or not him, obviously his team, the direction that he gives them and, you know, the length of time it takes for him to shave his head or not. Like, you know, I was, I respect a bald man by how bald he is. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if there's some scruff going on up there, I'm like, come on, man. If you're going to be bald, keep it smooth. Keep it shiny. Where's the power? Like, show us the power. Don't, uh, you know, don't keep a five o'clock shadow on that dome. Make it chromey. You know? And I imagine Brian Armstrong is a guy who strolls into his headquarters with a shiny-ass dome. Ready to t give out mandates. Yeah. You know? He's like, what, 35 or something? Yeah, but that he's rocking a Lex Luthor right now. And How come I he's got hair in the picture? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that picture's accurate. It's not. He's got a chrome. I've seen it. Yeah, it's he's completely bald and it's shiny. You know what? If I go bald, not only am I going to shave it, I'm going to slowly save up enough money to just get it lasered out. I'm going straight up shiny dome power, baby. I want, like, <laughs> if I go to, you know, if I go to a baseball game, I want to blind somebody when the sun glistens off my dome. They're trying to eat their hot dog. And they Put uh, aluminum stuff. foil on your head. Yeah. In hat. Yeah. <laughs> I just want it shiny. 
Speaking of Coinbase making moves, their Toshi app goes native and becomes Coinbase Wallet. Reported on by Mary Hewlett. Toshi, the open source decentralized app browser and wallet developed by Coinbase, is now going native to become, quote, Coinbase Wallet, according to an official Medium post published August 15th. The exchange presents the move as more than just a rebranding exercise, suggesting that the wallet will develop over time to offer more functionality than existing crypto wallets and serve as a gateway to the decentralized web and an open, quote, open financial system. Boom. Ooh, initially, the, this is a big play. That's initially, like that's like Zuckerberg owning PayPal. It's not so, even like Zuckerberg. It's like it's like it's like a guy who's on the Zuckerberg of Bank of America level for crypto who now owns PayPal. Guess what's behind all of this Coinbase shit? Banks. Goldman Sachs. Yeah. Goldman Sachs was an investor in Coinbase. They were. And with and if you're an investor, when that second round comes around or, or equity comes around or something comes around on the next round, you're not just going to ignore the performance of one of your investments that's doing this well. So what's very, very funny is the very same names that people are trying to usurp with crypto are getting their tentacles all up in it. It's just so funny. It's like how history repeats. But nevertheless, that's me going on a diatribe. All right. Speaking of sales and reporting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of sales and reporting, NVIDIA reports a quote-unquote substantial decline in GPU sales to crypto miners. Um, yeah, that's that thing is cyclical. You should have seen that coming. But nevertheless... You probably sold a shit ton last year and should be happy, NVIDIA. But nevertheless, let's go into it. NVIDIA is reporting a substantial decline in revenue as a result of declining sales to cryptocurrency miners. In an announcement of its second quarter earnings Thursday afternoon, the graphics card maker's CFO, Colette Crest, stated that while GPU business revenue was $2.66 billion, up 40% from a year earlier, it was down 4% sequentially. At the time, she said that the record performing in gaming, professional visualization, and data center services offset a substantial decline in the sale of cryptocurrency GPUs. She added, Our revenue outlook had anticipated cryptocurrency-specific products declining to approximately $100 million, while actually specific product revenue was $18 million, whereas we had previously anticipated cryptocurrency to be meaningful for the year. We're now projecting no contributions going forward damn they're just predicting the end of proof of work but they're not actually they're actually later on in the article saying that the the company downplayed the actual impact mining demand had on its financials and uh, i think they're just they're they're preparing to weather themselves against the um the volatility of crypto because if people say oh crypto is going to die well then they're going to say oh nvidia's profits from last year are not going to be um um repl uh replicatable rep replicable, replicable. Oof. replicable for uh, the year the 2018 fiscal year so 
here's okay so let's try and think this out with them like how would you specify which video card sales go to actual machines for people that want to play video games or video cards go to mining wouldn't it just be like uh, why don't you take your previous average of video cards sold before the onset of like proof of work mining right i'm sure if you had the actual financials you could do that and you could you could see what actually makes sense but verbally the like in the, the story media. right yeah exactly that you're right so but they're just for now their their comments are reflecting your inability to see their actual financials and they're just telling you what they want you to think hard to quantify that's not hard to quantify you know how much you sell on average and you know how much it went up so that distance in there they're protecting themselves right If, if they say crypto had a huge part in the profitability of 2017 and crypto is going down for the next two three years well nvidia stock's going to take a huge hit which they don't want right so they're they're, uh yeah they're consolidating that gain by saying crypto did nothing really or didn't do much (laughs) oh business such a game of weird chess speaking of something that is not really that profitable genesis mining to end unprofitable crypto contracts did you know about that i did not know about that so cloud mining service genesis mining is forcing some clients to upgrade to a five-year subscription or else lose services it announced thursday the Iceland-based startup said in a blog post that it will end open-ended contracts for customers who are not earning enough to cover maintenance fees in roughly two months due to the ongoing declining cryptocurrency market. Clients who wish to retain services must upgrade to a new premium account. Mining is getting more complicated and energy-intensive, the company said, forcing it to reconsider its policies. Now all users will have to switch to a five-year contract with no option for early termination. The fee for every trillion hashes per second will drop to $180, however, down from 285 And I think this was, like, foreseeable, right? Genesis mining contracts and the profitability uh, for the foreseeable future. It, when, when the contracts went up for, like, the ultra uh, value plan where you spend $5,000 for a certain amount of hash rate for indefinitely... Um, you know, it was it was foreseeable that the the company was going to have to put a cap on that and consolidate profits by eventually um, having to take take the uh, the unlimited plans or at least the lower end plans and uh, terminate them or or at least renegotiate terms so that they become more profitable for them over the long term because. The profitability from a mining company has to do with their ability to swap in new hardware that has better hashing rates and also mm-hmm. building more data centers. So, Yeah. Sorry, Genesis. Everyone kind of knew things were going to change. It was a weird business model. I don't know anyone that used it. I know one person that used it. Um, I, I guess they made money. They never were really clear on how. So, um. Genesis mining probably going out of business. I'm seeing a lot on this episode. That was your jingle, Genesis. Hit us up if you want to sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. 
It's not probably. It's inevitably. No kidding. Oh uh, my god. Yeah, I know it's bad, right? Is it's ripping on them. I don't know, man. Maybe they'll be bought up by banks. Maybe they'll be bought out by Coinbase. What about that? There we go. You still got a chance. You still got a chance. Um, that article was written by Anna Badevakova. But Anna <laughs> Badakova. Yeah. Lots of names. Lots of names in this industry, and that's good. You know, it's a it's a, an amalgamation of cultures, if you will. You know, a bunch of people speaking the language of Asia, and yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm so bad. Uh, well, that's it, guys. I mean, that's what the show is all about. Unless you want to come into the Slack and hang out and give talk about recipes, you know, I'm, you know, I've been thinking of making Jesse a tantalizing chicken teriyaki dish are you gonna send it to me in the mail uh it sounds nasty doesn't it, it just sounds nasty like here's a honey I mean, buttered chicken package it well I, I mean i could go for it still maybe it just seems nasty you know seems gross but maybe i can send you the recipe yeah that, that sounds all right i'm gonna use chicken tenderloins yeah i don't like tenderloins unless they're breaded really fried yeah, I mean, the chicken thigh is like the best meat. That's not true, but nutritionally, it's not but... nutritionally the best. The tenderloin yeah. is, you can still get a lot of bang for your buckaroo in the tenderloin. I think if you're if you're shopping economy mode, the tenderloin for value, but the chicken breast ultimately is what you want to buy. Well, I use both. I was going with tenderloins because I wanted that, like, it looks so biteable. You know what I mean? Oh man, tenderloin is like it's dry. It's got a lot of it's got that like long tendon along the edge. So what you're saying is you don't want this recipe. What I'm saying is you can give me the recipe, but I'm definitely gonna substitute chicken thighs. Okay. Alright, <laughs> see how it goes. I didn't use fresh veggies this time, I used frozen veggies, and I know that's gonna suck, so I'd recommend using fresh veggies. Hmm. What fresh kind of veggies? Fresh everything tastes great. Um, yeah. I got peas. Um, I got some chopped asparagus, uh, broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, and I like large chunks of celery. Yeah. Um, celery is a nothing food, but large chunks of it make things crunchy, and I like the crunch. See, I don't like, at least for a long time, I didn't like the uh, the spiciness of celery. You know, it's got that like spicy kick to it. Like arugula, no. I think celery tastes like air. Some people, some people, they don't actually. So Google this: celery tastes like crunchy water to some people. Yeah. And to some other people, some percentage of the population, it tastes like a minty vegetable. Really? Yeah. yeah. Celery just tastes like water to me. Yeah. And to Which like, is... I think I forget what percentage of the population, but it's like maybe twenty something percent. It actually tastes like it has a flavor, you know, like rosemary or mint. Last year, I tried to kick it old school by eating some ants on a log, which is celery and peanut butter butter and 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 raisins. raisins. Yeah. And I was like, this is just watery peanut butter and raisins. This is (laughs) disgusting. Why did they You're missing that mintiness, dude. Maybe I'm getting the wrong kind of celery. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure you... I mean, celery all has that spike to it bite i don't know you how what kind of adjective you describe that maybe i've destroyed my taste buds over the years with all the hot sauces 
Maybe. Although I, I do like sriracha. food. Sriracha is not spicy, dude. It was when I first started eating it. Now it just tastes spicy. I mean, oh, okay. not spicy, uh, flavorful. Flavorful. Uh, you know, spicy is a is like it's not a flavor. It's a pain. Yeah, it's a, the doesn't it? Isn't there like a measurement? Pain receptors in your tongue. Yeah, Scoville units. Yeah, Scovilles. But it's not I, a flavor. I like Tabasco. Uh, I like Tabasco now, but I didn't used to because it had that strong vinegary taste. I like it on my eggs, and I like it on my popcorn sometimes. You like uh, Texas Pete? Uh, not a fan. Luciana's my favorite. Oh, okay. Like I would think Louisiana that, you know, stuff. since you're from Texas. Oh, I see what you did there. You'd support branding from your home state. Yeah, I like a good Texas Pete Spice, baby. Here we that was a terrible Southern accent, by the way. Terrible. Uh, well, thank you guys for tuning in for that long conversation about nothing at the end of the show. <laughs> Please join the Slack if you want to hang out with us. There's a lot of people in there. Um, there are a lot somebody, of people. But as somebody pointed out, like it, like people join and then they're like, hey, this is why I joined. I love the shows. And then they like never come back. And so we only have a, you know, we have... What's weird is I checked the stats and we have like, I don't know, close to 65 to 80 active users in there every day um, and a total community of like 560 now. Um, but got to improve user engagement. You got to have raffles. Yeah, man. What do we got to do to get you guys talking again? We have Send to have tenderloins. Yeah. We need to have some theme days, some more theme days. Like here's a. Here's a wacky Wednesday. Post a wacky, wacky video in the random channel. Let's, let's talk about it. Like a, like a throwback Thursday. Um, you know, there was Corey in a crop top when he played soccer back in the day. There we go. Yeah. That would be interesting. We should post uh, that picture. Join the Slack, man. We talk about crypto and stuff, and we talk about other things. Um, usually doesn't stray too far from crypto. But it's a community. There's people. I also listen to the other shows, uh, the Bitcoin podcast. You can catch Sundays. Every single Sunday, we launch a show on the Bitcoin podcast um, out in the morning, typically. But it is on Sundays. We have Creating a Humanist Blockchain Future by Riesland Mark, which comes out once every other week on average, uh, where he talks about like hum humanity first level projects, baby. Um just the headers, of course, you just heard that. Corey and Colin Show hashing it out. If you need, for whatever reason, a deep dive into the technology, that's the show you want to listen to. Why? Because no other show was like it in this entire space. I tell This I can tell you. Uh, what else do we have? We are launching a new show, The Bullpen Podcast. You can catch that soon with The Crypto Bully. Um announcements we did have an announcement this week uh the cool wallet s coming at you from coolwallet.io it's essentially it's a two-factor authenticated wallet. it's like a plastic card and uh you keep the plastic card syncs to your phone via bluetooth and whenever you need to sign a transaction you take the card out you verify that the transaction is the transaction you're trying to send on the card and you push a button on the card which then sends the transaction uh, kind of nifty wallet uh what else we got going on over there 
on ramping with the lots of shows. Tune in bitcoinpodcast.com.network. I don't know. What do you got, bro? You got nothing? All right, Jesse's got nothing. Play. I, yeah, I got Play. nothing. Sorry. You got something? No, there's this, this video in Slack that RJ posted. Dude fights a guy with two prosthetic legs. Okay, so there you go. There's a flavor of what happens. <laughs> That's a flavor of what happens in the random channel on the Slack. But there you go. Uh, play the outro. Play this record as frequently as possible. Then, as it becomes easier for you, play the record once a day or as needed. Acapello. They had the rhythm and I had the rhyme. So then ahead of that one more time. It worked out and then they worked it in. Tony, Tony, Tony has done it again. Yeah,